bicycle Shut off the AC and roll the windows down Let that summer sunshine Always stay humble and kind Don't take for granted the love this life gives you When you get where you're going Don't forget, turn back around Help the next one in line Always stay humble and kind WPSC, the only radio station in the campus of William Patterson University. You know, it's the number one radio station in all of, number one college radio station in America. It really is. It, it is. Is it really? It yeah. really is. Uh, <laughs> the intercollegiate broadcast whatever. network or whatever said. That's it's it. been like number one three out of the last six years. That's WPSC Brave New Radio. That's amazing. We're having a ca- conversation with James Stewart from EM. How do you say it? EM.co? EM.co? MCO. Or you could call it MCO. It's em.co. The name of the company is the web address. There we go. MCO. That's pretty cool. And so uh, we're going to talk very quickly with him in a very short amount of time about Humble and Kind and the marketing project Mm -hmm. around that, the big uh, Tim McGraw hit. But we also want to talk and say hello to Zach Matari, who is here. Zach Matari, good to have you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And I feel bad we didn't clap for James. So let's clap real quick for James. There we go. And... um, Then we also want to introduce uh, our esteemed colleague, Dr. Esteban Marconi. Yes. Here we go. Good to have you here. He's here. My he, co-host. That's right. <laughs> uh, and I am your, I, I'm completely thrown off. I am your professor, David Kirk Philp. I guess yes. I did. did I say that this is Music Biz 101 more? Yes, you did. And more? Okay. So go to musicbiz101wp.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Read our stuff. Follow our stuff on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at musicbiz101wp. This is a podcast, also iTunes and SoundCloud. We want to give thanks real quickly to the Music Business Association, which let us be here in Nashville. This is our final recorded interview in Nashville for Music Biz 2017. Mm-hmm. Marconi's very happy about that. He's speechless <laughs> at the moment. And now uh, we enjoy now. dead air on these, by the way. Dead air is a, a cool thing. I was James. outside, oh, cool. so I'm nice and warm now. Yeah, so now you're, you're warmed up. It's a chilly room. We want to give thanks to the folks at Van Dyne Bruno, Inc. and White Hat Management with artists like Charlie Puth, St. Vincent, Dave Matthews, Kiss. There's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to vb-cpa.com when you are ready. His company is Van Dyne Bruno, not vb-cpa. Imagine if your company, instead of Emco, was M-E-M underscore C-O dot that would be, be difficult. That wouldn't work out, so I'm that glad wouldn't. you stuck with what you had. Because I know the, the focus groups were, uh, were right in this case. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, Van Dyne Bruno Inc. And then thanks to Rob Fusari. You ever heard the song um, uh, Bootalicious? I'm sure I have. Okay. No. Uh, it was a Destiny's Child song. How about oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paparazzi by uh, oh, yeah. Lady Gaga? Yeah, yeah. Um, our friend Rob Fusari, who's an alum of our program, wrote those songs. Oh, so, awesome. And he discovered Lady Gaga. And he donated money to us so that we could have people like Zach uh, come here and uh, paid for his hotel room so his lodging was free. Thanks, That's Rob. Amazing. Thanks, Rob. Yes, thank you, Rob. Appreciate it. Good guy. And then um, for being here, James, you get a free copy. You will get a free copy of Managing Your Band 6th Edition, Ooh, written yeah. by Dr. Stavon Malcolm. And my comment. And I, I helped All a little right. bit. Yes, so uh, that'll be free for you. And we should get going. Yes, please. S- the- 
airplane is warming up. <laughs> yes, we are yeah. waiting to fly. So the, it's on the tarmac, and we have to go. Tarmac. So, uh, Zach, why don't you just do a, a quick thing about uh, James or Emco, yeah, and then we'll kind of get into. Yes, why well, not, James? So you are, are managing um, Tim McGraw. Yep. And um, you guys just did a, a huge campaign for Humble and Kind, which is one of his uh, singles that came out. Yep. And um, I, I, I'm kind of pissed because I did miss the panel. And, oh. But I had so many notes from my friends that, like, literally three pages of notes um, from your panel. And I really want to kind of get into, like, that aspect of, you know, rolling out the marketing plan behind um, that record. All right. Should we start? We should. Ready to go. No dead air? <laughs> we enjoy it. We enjoy the dead air. Um, well, first, so I'm, I'm James. I work for a company called Emco. We are Tim's management company. Um, it's EM.co. basically stands for the Entertainment Management Company. Uh, we represent everything Tim McGraw. So um, he is a very big uh, person to manage. You manage everything from movies to licensing to branding to partnerships to touring to music and singles and relationships with the record label and the publishers and the writers and and all of that so it's it's uh it's busy so we're singularly focused on Tim we don't have any other clients he is our he's our focus so it allows us to be a little more uh, I guess aggressive at times than, than most typical management companies um, and we like to do things that are a little crazy and outside the box we like to kind of push the envelope on what we're allowed to do and when you have somebody as big as Tim people give you a little more Leeway, so you have a little more muscle yeah. to kind of do that stuff. So the, is he the only artist your company represents? <clears throat> the only artist. Yep. Okay. Yep. So um, right now we're uh, working through the Soul to Soul tour. We've got Tim and Faith together out on the road. Had uh, I think we're twelve twelve shows in now. Every every show sold out, packed. Um, just absolutely amazing. Great show. Um, we're coming to Jersey and Philly and New York. Yeah. So check it out. Um, How many total shows on the tour? Uh, this year there's 80. Right, that's just domestic or is that international? That's domestic in Canada. Mm -hmm. And then there is stuff being scheduled for next year that I can't really talk about yet. But mm -hmm. next year is going to be really fun. The Antarctic. <laughs> breaking yes. the ground and breaking ice. The Penguins tour. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, let's start. Hum Humble and Kind was a song written by Laurie McKenna, um, who is a, a giant and, and very... Uh, steamed Nashville songwriter. She actually her first song that she got recorded was recorded by Faith Hill in the 90s. So Faith kind of gave Lori her start, and since then they've been close. So she constantly sends songs to the to the McGraw family. And um, this one was one that she wrote kind of as a uh, I don't know like a thing that parents always want to say to their kids if you were kind of smart enough to say it in a really poetic way is what Tim would say. Um, the chorus is like, uh, hold the door, say please, say thank you, don't chill, don't, don't, what is it, don't cheat, don't lie. Um, I know you've got mountains to climb, but always stay humble and kind. It's kind of like a, it's just like what every parent would say to their kids as they go off into the world. Um, and so Tim had the song for a couple years, and we were finishing up an album, and um, he thought it was the right time to, to break it out and do it. And it turned into this, just this really strong and moving um, song and with the the message of the song we we had it and we knew about when we wanted to put it out we're going to put it out either it was either going to be like christmas or january and we kind of moved to january because we didn't want things to get lost in the new year shuffle um 
and then we were trying to really get a solid launch for this thing. Like sometimes you have singles come along and I should preface, like I've been working in the music industry for 13 years now or something like that. Um, so I worked at Universal Records before this. I've worked for Sun Records. Um, and sometimes you get a single and you don't have the rest of the album, you don't have artwork, you know, and they still throw it out without a real solid plan behind it because it fits in the scheduling for the label and for everything else. Um, with this one, we really wanted to line it up right. And so we had the music video done and shot, and Tim had this great idea for the music video. He said he was running on the treadmill one day and he was watching TV and a, a commercial came on for Oprah Winfrey's uh, Belief Series, which was something that she did about different cultures and religions and, and you know promoting kind of like a world peace type, type thing or just some understanding. And he was trying to get an idea for the music video. Mm-hmm. And he's watching this and he's like, oh my God, that's it. That's exactly what I want my music video to look like. It's, it's universal. There's, there's Muslim people in it, there's Indian people in it, there's Chinese people in it. It's, it's like every culture is represented in the video. And with a song with such a universal message as, hey, just you know, be kind to each other, that's, that's kind of what he wanted. So um, we made some phone calls and um, Tim's friends with Oprah and, and they're all, the, all of the teams are friends with each other. So it actually worked out great and Oprah let us, they, they gave us all the footage for the Belief series. So we were able to cut that into the music video and we added some shots of people here uh, that we actually filmed here in Nashville from people of different cultures, things like that to, to get the two looks to, to work well together. And we had this incredibly powerful video. What's interesting, if I may interject real quick, is just that he liked the Oprah stuff so much that he didn't want to replicate it. He just wanted to take, not take it, but he, he wanted he said, that footage. Let's he said, it. that's perfect. Like, right. let's let's just, let's ask. I mean, there's no right. harm in asking. Right. And there was no fee? Um, she, it was, he, she, she, she gave us the footage, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I don't know if that's I'm cool. allowed to say it or not, but she, she gave well. us the footage. <laughs> um, um, but anyway, so we, we had the, the video in the can, and we were trying to figure out what's the best way to release this. And so we went through your, I mean, your, your typical thoughts from a, a record label standpoint are, um, I want to monetize this video, so they're going to put it on Vivo, YouTube, they're going to put ads all over it, and they're going to monetize every play on that video. Um, our thought was, this song is so amazing, the message is so great. We know it's going to have a really good social impact. Let's put it in a place where people can instantly engage with it and send it and share it with their friends. Um, and it's not really a secret, but Facebook and YouTube and don't exactly like each other. So if you're an artist, your video's on YouTube, and you, how do you drive people to it? I mean, if you put a link on Facebook that links out to YouTube, Facebook is going to kill it, and no one's going to see it basically because they don't they don't play well together. Um, so it's it's getting increasingly difficult to send traffic to YouTube um, or, or in Vivo, I guess. Um, <clears throat> so we made the case that we need to release this video on Facebook. Um, we have a really close relationship with Facebook. We work with them directly. We approached them about it and said, hey, we think this could be a smash, and especially with the content and the way it is, especially the way our social climate is right now. This was right before the election with so much, I don't know, infighting amongst everybody. Um, You have presidential candidates saying wild things about different ethnicities and things like that. I mean, it's just, it was a really crazy time. 
Um, and Facebook loved it and embraced it, and they said, yes, let's do it. Um, so we got them on board. Then we had to get the publisher on board, and then we had to get the record label on board. And none of those were easy to do. Actually, the publisher wasn't bad because it's, it's Lori. She's a friend, you know. Um, she owns her own publishing, so she had... Uh, she, no, she's, she's Universal. I think she's published by Universal. Um, but, you know, she has, certainly has a say. And, and she's that, leveraged because yeah. she's had success. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we, we were able to get everybody on board, amazingly. Why was it harder um, for the label to get on board? Because did they, were they thinking Bevo? Yeah, well, I mean, if, if, you, if you think of it from a label perspective, uh, especially with the way it's been difficult to monetize streaming and videos and things right. like that, they want to monetize it, and they don't want to lose that that side of it, and which is a, which is a completely valid point. Mm -hmm. I mean, by the way, absolutely not against that at all. Um, but for this song, we really thought that it was worth the risk of giving up that monetization to take a chance to see if we can get it to go viral. And we really thought that we could. I guess the point is right. With Facebook, there's uh, you're not with YouTube. You're getting a portion of ad revenue, right. a tiny portion, but something. Right. And Facebook at this point, there's nothing. There's no deal. They don't have a deal with the labels. Right. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so they, they wouldn't do it. Um, um, so anyway, we, we got it there. Let's see if I can get, go through some, some of my notes real quick here. Um, we got it there and released the video on Facebook. And I, I should go back to say, like, part of the, the thing that we had a struggle with is we had this song that's about humility and kindness and like how do you market humility and kindness like like you can't serve somebody a ton of sales ads for being humble and kind like that's just they're just complete opposites you know it's, it's really hard to to sell this um so we we literally just went against every main idea instead of monetizing it we put up on facebook for free um, we had a lot of large brands that I, I won't name, but we had a lot of large brands come to us and say, hey, we want to be a part of this album launch, we want to be a part of this single, we'll put it in a TV commercial and we'll use it to sell cars, we'll use it to sell this, and then we'll do a, sh we'll do a show together and, we'll do, and there's all these pieces to it, and it was a lot of money, and it was really good, but it, it doesn't fit the song, and it just seems so it seemed to undercut the message and the environment we were trying to create so much that we actually said no. We turned down some significant offers um, to stay true to the message of, of the song, um, which is pretty, I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, Sometimes no is like, you know, the strongest answer you can give somebody like yeah. that, you know, denying yeah. something is just as important as saying yes sometimes. I mean, we just, we just, it just didn't, it just didn't seem right to be overly salesy with a song this special. And certainly a song that meant that much to Tim, meant that much to Lori, it means a lot to everybody that hears it. Um, it didn't seem right to have it helping sell cars or sell something else, you know. Um, <clears throat> so the video goes to Facebook and goes live, I think it was January 21st or something like that. Um, instantly, millions and millions reach, millions of views. Um, as of today, it has almost 700,000 shares. It's reached almost 70 million people. Um, it just, and, and the vast majority of that happened within about the first two weeks. I mean, it just literally exploded. Um, so the video instantly goes to number one in the iTunes store. It stayed there for literally three months straight. Um, every other release, nothing, just, nothing could take it down. Um, 
the same time we launched the video, we launched a website called stayhumbleandkind.com. Um, and the idea behind that was, and this is something we actually started back in December. We, we had the website up but didn't really publicize it. And we started collecting stories from social media that were feel-good, inspiring stories like random acts of kindness, um, um, things like this. A lot of stuff you probably see online went viral. Um, we started collecting them all and housing them all at stayhumbleandkind.com. And then we also had that website, we printed cards that said, um, you've been given a random act of kindness, track this at stayhumbleandkind.com. And so you could go to the website, you could actually, we would ship you a package of cards for free, or you could print them out on your computer if you want to yourself or whatever. And then we encouraged fans, um, after it built up a little bit, we, we kind of announced it with the video, and encouraged fans to go and do a random act of kindness, and then the cards would bring all the content back to the That's site nice. for us. Um, so it kind of connected the physical world with the digital world. And we were able to see like stuff happening on the streets and actually have it live online also. And that also gave us content to then push out on Tim's socials to reach a broader audience. Um, you guys also did a hotline as well, right? That's we did, yeah. Um, that's uh, It's been around for a few years. I don't know that anybody really uses it a lot. I've seen a couple albums um, do it. but. We wanted to give people another option to share their stories with us that we could then use to send to country radio or, or whatever it was. So we made a hotline. People could call in, and they would leave a 30-second you know, story about a random act of kindness that either happened to them or they've done or, or what the song meant to them or just, just whatever they wanted to leave. Um, and then we would take that and cut it up, and if they were in Chicago, we would send it to the country radio station in Chicago. And they would say, hey, this happened in your town. Check this out. you know, And that would give them content to talk about on the radio they could they could put right in front of the song when they when they played it the next time um, and then we kind of collected and curated stories um, from all over social media that were feel-good stories and started sharing those um, and that had a tremendous effect so Tim had at that point I think seven million uh, followers on Facebook we would put out a post we would reach 30 million people almost every single time um, and if, if you have a page and you run on Facebook, you realize if you have a million fans and you put something up, you're usually going to hit about 10,000 people. That's usually kind of the ratio. It's like a 1% ratio or so. Um, but with something, with, with, with the message and everything building up and the video and that initial launch, um, and, I, and I'll tell you this too, other, other bit about Facebook, the more kind of viral your content is on Facebook, the more viral it will be on Facebook. So if you have a really big piece of content, don't stop putting out content because the next thing that you put out is going to have a bigger hit because the, the way the algorithm works is it looks at you and go, wow, people like this guy. Let's show more people his stuff. And, and it just keeps hmm. building. Um, so we were, we were literally like performing phenomenally. Everything we put out hit 20 million people, 30 million people. Um, so by the end of um, by the end of the social campaign, I kind of skip ahead a, a little bit into the give you a thing on the end. But um, we had reached over a billion people just on Facebook, and none of those were boosted posts and or anything. It was all all organic. organic. I mean, there there was a small amount of ads that the uh, the record label ran to mm -hmm. you know to sell stuff. There there was um, you run ads. At, at the initial, when the initial launch was, they ran some ads. There was a, um, uh, when, when it's going top ten at radio, you run some ads to kind of support that, and, you, and that's when you're hottest anyway. 
uh, stuff like that. But it's it's literally almost a, a billion impressions that were mm. organic. Um, so it, it was it was absolutely just phenomenal. Mm. Um, at the same time, we did a uh, a performance on the ACMs, kind of in the in the middle of the life of the single, and we're trying to think of what's the best way to perform this iconic song, you know, and and obviously fire and and you know scantily clad dancers and crap like that's not really our game and that's <laughs> right. not gonna work so uh so we're trying to figure out the best way so we actually had um we had we had a lot of different factors but we had tim start in the center on the b stage which was um really just focused him on a stool we had 10,000 LED wristbands that were on every single seat. So everyone had a wristband on that said, stay humble and kind. And when the song started, they all lit up mm. and every light in the house went off. So it was just a sea of shimmering lights, which was amazing. Um, really cool look, great look for TV. Um, and then halfway through the song, we had a group of kids come in and take Tim up to the main stage. And you can, I think you can see the performance on YouTube. It's a ACM's 2016, uh, Tim McGraw. But on stage, we had like literally the biggest performance ever on the ACMs. We had 130 people join Tim on stage, and it was a representative from every culture basically that was in the video. So we had, I'm sure it's the first time we've ever had a, a Muslim on the ACM stage. <laughs> yeah. um, there was a lot of firsts um, that night, and it was right at a time when that's exactly what our country needed, you know? Um, so it was great. We had a, uh, a children's orchestra. I think it was a middle school orchestra that played along with it. And then um, 130 people on stage plus, uh, plus, I don't know, 20 or 30 kids. So it was a, a giant, a giant production without being overly produced. Um, at the same time, we had fans send in, we, we basically created a hashtag and tracked anything that was posted with a hashtag. We had fans take pictures of themselves holding a, a sign with a word on it of what the song meant to them. And we, we received a couple hundred submissions. We, we got submissions from Matthew McConaughey and Reese Witherspoon. Um, and I'd say too, initially when we, when we launched, we, we had uh, some of our, our friends uh, kind of help out. So Oprah, um, her, her footage was in the video, it was a big part of the video. So she supported us on social media. Uh, Reba McIntyre, Reese, Matthew McConaughey, Tyler Perry, um, just it helped us reach a, a little bit bigger audience than we would have normally uh, reached otherwise. Um, Could I ask you a quick question? Yeah. You're yeah. doing this and a lot of this is uh, you're thinking longer term. Um, ultimately, it's it's great imaging. It's, it's, it's positive reinforcement for the brand of Tim McGraw. Obviously, mm -hmm. supporting a great song and it's helping that um, yep. since he didn't write the song, so he's not getting any pro revenue, he'll get mm -hmm. lots of money from sound exchange. I'm just thinking monetarily, yep. short term and long term. So the long term is it's, it's really enforcing this image and people will know for a long time. Yeah. Are you thinking also our tickets are going to go on sale at certain points so we really create this groundswell so we'll sell more tickets, ultimately sell more merch and that's sort of the... That is actually an excellent question. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you, I've been in this industry for a long time. This is the only time that I've seen a basically two or three year timeline actually everything happen on time and work out perfectly mm -hmm. and that, that did for us. So. Um, we knew that we were going to launch the Soul to Soul tour, and we've known that for about two years. And so we planned the launch of that tour to be right after Humble and Kind really builds Tim up to the, to a, a pinnacle. And right after that is when we dropped the Soul to Soul tour, so that it, we, were, we were at the height of that publicity. And that was planned, I don't know, 
a year in advance, a year and a half in mm-hmm. advance, two years maybe. Um, and it just it worked out, worked out great. Um, and that's a whole other thing that, that uh, I think that that probably be a panel next year that we do or something. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the the launch of that tour because that was phenomenal too. That we it's it's cool to. It's cool to work with a superstar because you get to do things that like normally you would never ever mm-hmm. get to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like for the, for the Soul to Soul launch, we flew 150 fans in for a secret show. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, we paid for it all, but he has the money to pay for it all, so <laughs> it's not a big deal. But it was the right. coolest thing you could ever do. Well, and it's um, cool because he's had two pretty iconic singles: uh, "Live Like You Were Dying" yeah. uh, and "Humble and Kind." Yeah, you, you would say, and we, I would assume you're saying you're thinking. If you compared the two year to year, would this be bigger? Uh, you know that question's uh, happened. I, it kind of depends on how you measure it, things. Guess, yeah. it. Things are so different now. Like "Live Like You Are Dying" was a ten-week number one, mm-hmm. um, and he was the most played artist of the decade of any genre um, in, after that period. Uh-huh. I mean, he was literally the biggest artist on radio. Um, it was measured by BDS and Nielsen. Um, so nowadays. Radio doesn't give you a ten-week number one. It just it just doesn't happen. Um, the way that the the system is set up, things go up, they come down. That you know, that environment doesn't exist in the country music world anymore. And there's a lot of argument about why it is the way it is, and and, and things like that. Um, truth be told, I think there's just a lot more music coming through the system than there mm-hmm. was. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's it's a hard it's a hard comparison. But it's definitely. Um, I'd encourage you to see a show, um, and I, you know. There'll be a way to see a show a few months from now that'll be amazing. Um, but I encourage you to see a show because if you if you watch Humble and Kind, literally at the end of the song, he stops, the band stops, and you have 15,000 people singing an entire chorus of Humble and Kind. And, it, and people are just crying. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. And Live Like You're Dying is the same thing. It is, it is, yeah. It's almost like going mm-hmm. to church. It is, it's fantastic. And the whole mentality of the whole project was why promote a moment when you can start a movement, right? So exactly. Yeah. Why? Why? And it goes back to like typical marketing versus let's do something a little more significant. And it's your typical marketing is, hey, we have something for sale. Let's go sell it. Yeah. And our thought was, hey, we have something really big. Let's make it as big as we can and 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 let it run. You know. And and then. It, sales will come. I mean, that's that's the thing. If if you get it out there enough, you get a message out there, and you get people to embrace it, it'll monetize itself. Like that'll be the least of your worries. Um, but the the trouble is getting it to people, you know. And so that that's really the challenge. Um, I'm looking through my notes here, and one of the other coolest things we were right before the election, and our Facebook engagement. We were literally we had more engagement than Beyonce. Barack Obama, Drake, who just dropped an album, mm-hmm. and Hillary Clinton. Wow. And the one time Hillary Clinton called us was when the FBI started investigating her email server. And, that, and that's literally the only time that she had as much engagement as us. And then, that's I'll, amazing. and then I'll pull this one up because this is probably the coolest thing in the world, if I can pull it up. But there's a, there's a site that measures um, the social media measurements called Social Bakers. Um, and they have a ranking called Talking About, and that's Facebook's how many people are talking about this topic or this page um, ranking. And so if you, you can, w- with this service, you, you can separate just musicians and say, all right, who are the most talked about musicians on the entire Facebook platform? And so we, we pulled this a week ago, and it's Justin Bieber's at number one, and he has 171 million 
882,000 fans. He's number one. Number two is Tim McGraw. We have 11 million fans. Wow. <laughs> number three is Ludacris. He's got 33 million. Number four is Justin Timberlake. He's got 98 million. Out of the entire top 11, we have the least number of fans, and we're number two. Mm -hmm. And we've been number one throughout the campaign as, as it ebbed and flowed. Um, and, and this campaign ended, uh, was it May? This campaign ended in October or September, really? And we're still, like, the number two most talked about musician on the entire Facebook platform. Hmm. It's, um, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, and that's, that's really due to the, the power of that song and how people connect to it. And sort of, it's a karma thing too. You know, if you're sort of into that, I mean, it's rant, it's kindness, it's doing. It shows there's a market for for good. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, you always see absolutely. the news, and the first thing is the, is the murders and the and the fire and all that. But and they don't really care about. Um, Zach was really nice today. Story at eleven. You know, nobody. <laughs> right. Cared, you know, right, exactly. That's always at the very that, end. You know, that but, doesn't sell anything. Right. That's yeah. the thing. You know. But here, this is an example. This is an outlier, basically, right. of something that really. Right. Did work, yeah. And so we had um, we kind of we kind of had three phases for it. we had our, our launch phase, we had our growth phase, which was pretty much our social media uh, campaign and collecting stories and sharing messages, and then we had our, our phase three, which is in the life of a single. It's your launch, it's your growth, and then you're basically hitting the the top of the radio chart. You're at your maximum audience exposure, mm -hmm. and and what are you going to do there? And a lot of times there's no plan for that phase. A lot of times mm -hmm. like all right, we're getting close to top 10, let's start spending more ad money on ads. And there's not really anything else. But then you always get that phone call and someone will say, okay, what can we what can we do now? Like, what else do you have? Do you do you have an acoustic version of them doing backstage? Do you have any of this? Can you go film this? Can you go get this or whatever? Um, we pre-planned our end phase from the very beginning. And that was, we looked at the calendar and we said, if we launch here, we kind of know how fast his songs move in the radio chart. And we have a good guess. We got a really good guess this is gonna land in the, in the top of the radio chart right around graduation. And so we're like, okay, what can we do around graduation? Well, the message of the song is so strong um, that it, it, it seemed to fit. So uh, we worked with a publisher and created an illustrated book with the song lyrics in it. And it has a preface by Tim and it's got a, uh, the ending of it's by Lori. Mm -hmm. And it talks about how, what the song means to them and you know, how they talk to their kids and things like that. Um, and then we took that and marketed it to people looking for graduation gifts. And we marketed the song to people who were looking for inspiration for doing graduation speeches because there's a lot in, in the song that would relate. And so the song's been, I mean, there, there's tons of videos online of graduation speeches where people were quoting lines from the song in it. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And then the book went on to be a, a New York Times bestseller and it was a top selling book in the music category on Amazon.com. Um, so it just, it worked oh. perfectly. Oh. And then we took the visuals from the book, because it was an illustrated book, we took those visuals and we turned them into a lyric video. And typically mm -hmm. what a label does, is they'll launch a lyric video when they don't have a real video. Yeah. We launched a lyric video to help promote a book. Wow. And then all the proceeds from the book actually went to Tim's charitable foundation, which is the Neighbors Keeper Fund. Mm -hmm. So that all got reinvested into the community. So when I, I know you were at Universal, I used to be at Universal and um, we had a big hit 15 years ago, I Hope You Dance by Leanne Womack. Oh, yeah. And we yeah. did something similar. Had a book yeah. made, uh, put a CD inside the book, yeah. and that was, again, another huge yeah. seller for uh, giant. for her and the label. Yeah, it was a giant, was that a big wedding song, I think, maybe? Yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah. It, again, yeah it was one of those, again, positive, I hope, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I hope everything basically a mother would say to their daughter, you know, right, I hope I hope you do all these wonderful it. things, and yeah. most important, I hope you dance, which is dance, the metaphor for right. love you your life it. and yeah. live it to the fullest, and similar yeah. to the, similar theme to this, you yeah. know, of, of positive feeling. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We had uh, we had one more thing that we did that was kind of cool. Um, it came through our, our label at the time, Big Machine. Um, they hooked us up with Scholastic. And we did a contest that went out to all the all the schools in the country, all the grade schools in the country, and um, it was a challenge for students to write, uh, take take the song and then to kind of rewrite a stanza of it or another verse for it or something like that, and to explain how they could be humble and kind and compassionate to people and be an inspiration for others. And then Scholastic, I think, was the, were the people who took all those submissions and entries from the schools, picked out. Uh, the top 10 and then we sent the top 10 students uh, autographed guitars from Tim and then one of them got picked to come to Nashville and she came to our office and interviewed Tim for the Scholastic News wow. Network wow. which was really amazing and the, and the girl's um, her name's Lillian and um, she's uh, like middle school I guess I can't remember what grade she was in um, br- brilliant uh, girl she was really an awesome interviewer um, but she said that she was in her mom's car and they were driving home from school one day and the song came on the radio, and her mom pulled over and stopped and turned around and said, I want you kids to listen to this song, hmm. and made them listen through the whole song before she drove away again, and, and just left such an impact on her that she really wanted to follow up with it. You know, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, I think of what else I've got here. Let's see. Oh, I'll give you, uh, can, we, can I play some audio real quick? Let's see if I can get to it. Sure. Because um, this was... This was one of the coolest things that happened. So with the school exposure, with the, um, the, the graduation book, with, with just the, the massive social campaign, we started to see this stuff online. We would see, uh, as graduation happened, people would take their graduation caps and decorate them. And we have hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of graduation caps that say, humble and kind on it. And they say like, um, Thank you so much. Stay humble and kind. Or something. You, you can see them. Um, you may have to troll through Tim's Facebook page to find it. But there's like a, a three-minute video that's like, congratulations, class 2016. And it's just graduation caps from start mm-hmm. to end. And it's amazing. Um, but then we started to find stuff like this, too. I'll see if I can play a little bit. And hopefully it works. Like, it made its way into school programs everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It shows you what a great song can do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. From a business standpoint, were all these schools uh, going to the publisher and, you know, licensing I, the rights? <laughs> the, I, I'm thinking that, I mean, because yeah. that's, that's the cool viral grassroots thing, but then I'm also thinking from the publisher's standpoint, are they thinking, man, we have sheet music for this that we licensed uh Right, I have no idea. Um, hmm. we, yeah, um, the publisher might be able to tell you that. Right. <laughs> By the way, if this was nineteen, if this was uh, like two thousand one. The girl who won the the contest for writing the new verse, right? Right after she won, she would have been sued for copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, but Tim wouldn't do that. You guys, Lori oh, wouldn't God, do that. No, no, no. no. <laughs> no so no, Lori wouldn't do that either. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's kind of the campaign in a nutshell. Um, I mean, I, I think if, if we had, I had someone actually asked us a great question yesterday, and it was um, if you if you could only do twenty percent of, of what you did, what would you do? And that was kind of tough to to answer because uh, we don't we don't think that way. Like it's really like I don't I don't know. Um, <laughs> if I if you could only do twenty percent, I think that. I would say when you have a single to market, put your effort into really sitting down and thinking about it. I mean, that's the most important thing. Don't throw it up and, and, and hope you come up with stuff along the way. Spend a month, figure it out, plan it, and, and go from there. Um, well, a better way to ask the question would be DIY artists. How yeah. could they replicate right. this to, yeah. with, with their, right. that's probably where she may have been coming from. Yeah. I th and I th what you're saying is right, though. But yeah, but, but it is. It's, it's stop and think. Um, I see a lot of artists, DIY artists, and I know several of them, um, who record an album, and then they, they go on TuneCore, and they put it up, and they distribute everywhere, and they, and they think that that's what they're supposed to do. And honestly, it's you can do that, but you shouldn't expect anything to happen if you haven't spent the time sitting down and creating a real plan for what's mm -hmm. going to happen. I mean, there's it's so hard for people to find music nowadays it, because it's so easy. You know, right, it's, like, yeah. it's like a new artist. I don't, I don't even know how you get discovered nowadays. It's so difficult for new artists. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So if you don't put that effort into it, and then the other side is is just a general thought on social media is that um, it's really there to be a a conversation and an engagement piece. A lot of a lot of people do nothing but like, hey, my album's on sale now, go get it. My album's on sale now, go get it. Here's a picture of me in my private jet. It's like <laughs> none of that, none of that is engaging. Right. So I mean, take the time to find out what content resonates with your fans, and and you can do that by I mean, test a small group of your fans. Do do a post to like one city and see if it works or not. You know, and then you don't have to put out content to the whole world, it doesn't work. Um, but really, really just figure out what, what works for your fans. I just thought that was great. I mean, what I learned was, you know, I guess the three-step process was launch, growth, and expansion. Yep. And then, you know, the underlining thing behind this whole music biz association, what I got out of a lot of it was content is king, and you guys had a great song to yeah. push, and without that great song, none of it would have happened. So. Exactly, exactly. I think I, I said it yesterday, I said just, Go hug a songwriter, like <laughs> honestly. I mean, because that's where it comes from, you know. But you had the, the of course, the deep pockets with Tim to, to really brainstorm and yeah. You, know, you don't have to say we only have four dollars and eighty-two cents. That's true, but, but I can tell you that we didn't spend anything on the whole campaign. Yeah, no, I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't I mean, mean it that way. I mean more that he's such a star. Yeah, he, he know, has with well, a deep brand the, equity. You can he has see. the yeah, brand yeah, equity. Yeah, he could exactly call Oprah and get right. that. So that's exactly yeah. right. With that yeah. in mind, that shouldn't stop some DIY artist who has a great song. Right. to try to think about maybe not Oprah right. but reach out somewhere and think about, make a connection of yeah, some sort. Think about who your partners are going to be. Think about where the best place for the song is. I mean we knew this song would be great for graduation from Christmas when we were thinking about launching it. You know, Think about where is your song going to be in, in this entire calendar year. Don't just put mm -hmm. it out because you want to put it out. Like, mm -hmm. Figure out where your best placement is really. Um, right. Whatever that might be. Now, the, the big machine had a lot to do with this, or I mean, the way we're talking is almost like this is 
hey, wait a minute, the label's supposed to be doing, <laughs> coming up with all of this and well, so on. So, so Tim is kind of a, I don't want to say he's an exception, but he's kind of an exception. Um, he has, from day one, always kind of had a team around him that was kind of a, a mirror of the record label mm -hmm. so that he had his own people who were focused just on his business and that's all they think about. So mm -hmm. the difference with us is we don't have to make 10 artists happy or 20 artists happy. I only have to make one guy happy mm -hmm. and that's it. So mm -hmm. when I do have a, an offer from a partner, if, if when I have a, a you know, an offer from Spotify or Pandora or, or whoever it is for something good, I don't have to decide which of my 20 artists I'm gonna give it to. Yeah. Or look at my schedule and see which one makes the most sense. It's gonna go to my guy. Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of the difference. And then uh, Big Machine, they, they were our label for this. They're no longer our label, but they, right. they were, and they absolutely killed it for this song. Um, absolutely just just masterfully handled country radio with this song to get mm -hmm. it out and get it done. Mm -hmm. um, they helped connect the dots with the Scholastic program, and they certainly allowed us the freedom to yeah. do some things that um, probably other labels really wouldn't do. Now, does Faith Hill on her own have a similar company, or is she, she more traditional? She does. Um, she Tim, has, and, Tim yeah. and Faith have separate teams. Um, Faith's managed by Sandbox, and I, I can't really speak mm -hmm. a lot. I don't want to speak mm -hmm. for them. Um, right. they're, they're, we call them our manager-in-laws. Mm -hmm. um, and, <laughs> and then Tim has his team. Um, so for, for like the Soul to Soul tour, basically we put um, both teams in, a, in like a war room, and we figure it out. There right. you go. Does she, does she structure her career? Does she have an, I know you mentioned uh, Sam's name, an MCO, mm -hmm. or, um, and that's how her team works, you know, very much, it's not you, but you know, like. I mean, solely for. Yeah, for so, her solo, for her, for her solo career, solely, does she have her own team that does similar to yeah. Tim's structure? Yeah, she, yeah, she has they, her own management team. Do they do, do they handle other acts too? Or yes, they do okay. handle, okay. they do so handle they other acts. Okay. They're more of a traditional um, mm -hmm. setup. Um, very, very cool setup. I mean, it's uh, mm -hmm. Sandbox Entertainment, um, great, just just great people, great company. Great, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Good good manager in laws. <laughs> yeah, that's so, so the next thing, so this was like, you peaked, you know. Um, it's almost like your Hotel California of, uh, of, of marketing, you know. So the follow-up, mm -hmm. uh, is the follow-up for you guys, is it the tour? Is the, it an, the tour. And then how far in advance are you planning? Because the tour, I mean, you talked about this was two years ago that you, Thought the, of tours, this, so now the tour has been on, you know, was being planned for a long time. Um, uh, tickets went on sale in October, um, so it was right after Humble and Kind, and there was a little bit of a, I think a little bit of a, a law, and then and then um, we hit with Soul to Soul, um, and that was that was, you know, that was that was kind of planned out timing wise. Um, we also switched record labels during that time, so everything was kind of, um, everything happened in order and for mm -hmm. a reason, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, to say. Um, but yeah, the, the focus is the tour, uh, Tim and Faith are doing an album together um, that we're expecting to be great. Uh, we've got a great single out now called Speak to a Girl, mm -hmm. um, which is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, we've got some more stuff coming from that that I can't really speak to yet. Um, and then of course, album, you know, Maybe around the I don't know fall sometime this year, and there's there's I know there's there's a lot more in the books that we can't disclose yet. Right. Is the so album done? Coming. Or are uh, they still? They're I think they're they're mastering finish. it right now. Okay. So yeah. It's so done. they're done with their part of it. Now. Yeah, and they're doing I think they're doing four or five new songs in the shows right now. So mm -hmm. yeah, 
pretty cool. That, that's that's pretty cool. And um, when they come off the road, you know, mm -hmm. is this always uh, there's always something happening, or do they ever take if they take a we're taking a year off, we're just not doing anything? What would you guys then? Or that's never happened. No, I don't think that'll. I mean. Tim basically took 2016 as kind of not a year off, but kind of a down year. We've he toured for uh, 2011, 12, 13, 14 pretty hard, mm -hmm. and 15 did a full did a full tour, and then in 16 we were like he he wanted to take a little time off, so we dialed it down. We did fairs and festivals, and we did I think 20 dates that year, which mm -hmm. is nothing compared to what he usually does. Um, so uh, this tour is. It's 80 shows in 2017, and then there will be some in 18 that's going to be announced to hopefully in the next couple of months. Mm -hmm. um, and then post that, it's going to be, I don't know, I, I can see us doing going from that back into Tim Solo, and I can't speak for Faithside, but there's plans there too. So, mm -hmm. Any more movies? or? Um, he just did The Shack, mm -hmm. and that came out around Easter. Um, that's been a... a Giant success. Um, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any on the books. I mean, he's always reading scripts. He's always getting pitched stuff. But about blinder side, blinder blind side too, but more blind blind even blinder <laughs> in the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know. I mean, there's there's okay. always something. And you guys are probably pitched constantly from companies. Like we have a uh, our friend Aaron Van Dyne, who we mentioned at the top, is the business manager for Kiss. And they're constantly mm -hmm. pitched. Ideas, uh, you know, for licenses and, and things from all over the world. Is I got, that... I got actually, I got a piece of mail the other day, and my wife's like, "Hey, this is for you." And I open it up, and it is for, it's, it's almost like um, a collector's edition. It's a collector's edition Kiss train. I think it's Kiss Lionel train or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's like for you people who love electric trains and Kiss. And I was like, <laughs> I don't love electric trains, and I'm, I mean, I, I, I respect Kiss, but I'm, I'm. I just kind of missed that band somehow. Like I never was a big Kiss fan, right. um, which was crazy. But then it's a, it's a train with Kiss all over, and I'm like, wow, man, these guys license everything. Yeah, <laughs> somebody got to Gene Simmons, and he said, I like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> give me a million dollars. Give me some money, and you can do it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, good. We're, we're right. a little more strict yeah. in that regard. We don't do that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, you you showed the discipline with with the song, you know. So there's a yeah. it, there's a tight rein on the brand. Not so much that yeah. you won't do anything, but I, that you're, I will you're say careful with it. This year we did uh, we did roll out. Actually, no, they're not on, they're not out yet. They're coming out. Uh, maybe in two months, I think. Um, there will be Timbergall slot machines all over Vegas and, really? and every almost every casino. Just uh, in Vegas or also in Atlantic City? No, it'll be. I, I forget where I forget what the distribution plan is, but there's a. It'll be basically every casino. This is this was the seventies. It would have been pinball machines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, final thing, um, humble and kind. Mm -hmm. um, did you guys get a trademark for that? And because uh, like that's something Taylor Swift would do. She would yeah. trademark, be humble and kind, humble and kind, you know, Stay all that kind of kind, stuff. Yeah. Um, for I merch purposes and all that. I can't remember if they did or not. Um, I would assume they did. Um, our business managers are really aggressive about making sure that everything that we have is protected. Right. Um, but I can't. I can't really speak to that. I will tell you what's crazy is what we see. We we have made. This song has made so many people money that aren't affiliated with the song at all. So mm -hmm. every day I see, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, counterfeit merch or whatever, for sale everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, because he's a very recognizable face. 
So someone will create a Facebook page, they'll put his picture on it, and then they'll put up ads to sell humble and kind leggings was what I saw the other day. Mm-hmm. You know, and it and it'll you'll go to it and it'll be only available for twenty four hours. That's because Facebook's going to kill it, but it right. takes Facebook about 24 hours to get to it and kill it. Right. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of people scamming stuff like that, which is, I guess everybody's got to make a living, but it's sad because, well, you know, it's it really should be Lori's. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Lori should benefit from that, and Tim should benefit from that. The, whoever owns the trademark and copyright should benefit from yeah. it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of the world we live in right now. Right. And, it, you know, it's just so. a digital version of what was going on. Sure. Has always gone on. You know, yeah, exactly. You go to the show, and yeah. you know, Springsteen was always trying to crack down on oh, yeah. that kind of stuff. And he's, yeah, we've chased a couple been. people out for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Yeah. All, right. Well, All right. We should chase him out, shouldn't we? Yeah. We're, we're done. I guess you guys got to get out of here. Been a driver to the turn around. Yeah, I know. But uh, we want to thank James Stewart for being here and appearing. Thank you. This is very cool. It was longer than 25 minutes. I hope you don't mind. Well, yeah, it's, well, it's done. You can, you can edit it down. Take out all the unimportant stuff. <laughs> yeah, take out all the F-bombs you dropped. Uh, Zach Matari, thank you for uh, yeah, recapping and giving us the three phases. Right. Dr. Stavon Marconi, yes, thank you so much. It's been a wonderful week with you, David. Yes, it's always great. We uh, roomed together. No, we didn't. Imagine if we had roomed together. We have roomed together. But it's, people it's would say talk about. it was just simply lovely. That's right. And I would say things, but I will always be humble and kind. Yeah. There you go. Right. I being Professor David Kirk Philpin at the end of every show, we do not say hello. Instead, and you can scream this with me because in the moment you will hear the word. It, it comes from the Espanol dialect. Ah. And it's not hello. It is Adios! Be humble and kind. Starshine, always stay humble and kind. Go to church cause your mom says to visit grandpa every chance that you can. It won't be wasted time, always stay humble and kind.